enter if you dare this ghastly conversation of teens fraught with despair and recent lacerations. Final girl, chase after her, don't let her get away. But first, the slumber podcast massacre. Welcome to Slumber Podcast Massacre with TNA. That's Tim. That's Andy. And this is a podcast about horror. Every week, Tim and I get together. We talk about a different movie from the horror genre, from your well-known classic down to that rare gem, leaving a disturbing Captain's Log recording at the back of your video store shelf. This week, Tim and I are jumping through light, time, space. Uh, On the ship of the future... From 1987, it's Event Horizon. Tim, how do you how do you hope a hellish dimension doesn't torture you, or how do you think one would torture you? Okay, so apparently, and this this kind of falls in line with this actual movie that people have sort of stumbled upon the idea of there not being a one size fits all hell, which right. makes sense because if somebody's like, there's nothing more terrifying than like tigers. And then somebody might be like, Oh my God, I am in heaven right, <laughs> right. now. Just like tigers everywhere, just rolling around on each other. Like that would be great. So it has to be user specific. So I think that's what a lot of writers and movie makers have stumbled upon, that it's got to be whatever your personal hell is. So that's just me basically repeating your question uh, to you. But yes, (laughs) mine would be mine would be. um, Oh, God, I'll tell you, I I would hate to be in jail. I just saw something recently um, about somebody being in jail or like wrongfully incarcerated. And it's like. Unless you've been in jail and you you see that door close and you know that you no longer have the option to go out if you want to, that's a terrifying feeling. Yeah. But I, I'll go back to something else, and, and we're going to talk about this in this movie because one of the things about – and not jumping into it too quickly, but just to make my point – one of the, the added – qualities to a space movie is that when you're watching like your normal run-of-the-mill horror you're like oh my god all i want is for them to get out that fucking front door and breathe fresh air and hit the street and feel that wave of relief that's what makes chainsaw so horrifying when the girl gets out only to be dragged back in or picked up back into the house um i have literally experienced that feeling before from, and I won't go into the whole thing again. I've talked about it before, but uh, one particular dream that I will never forget for the rest of my life, where a friend of mine and I were uh, being kind of like very gradually and without us even realizing it being held captive by a family of crazy people. Yeah. He was already down in the basement. I was being led to the basement and I knew that there was only one chance that I had. I had, I had, I was, as I'm being led to the basement, I'm thinking I push her off. I put one hand on the doorknob, one hand on the lock, twist it, pull, and I'm out. And if, if anything gets fucked up in that process, my family or friends will never hear from me again. Yeah. And I actually made it out and she was screaming 
screaming and running after me with this knife and crazy, but I hit that street and I felt that elation. Yeah. So I literally have in my dreams experienced (laughs) that sort of elation. So I think part of it is being able to run in a dream. Yeah. Yeah. Normally it's way fucking harder. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you what, there's something to that in real life, too. If you've ever done something that you had to run away from very oh, yeah. quickly, it, you feel like you're running in slow motion. Yeah. We, um, okay, so I think the statute of, uh, what is that? Limitation? Yes. Would be up on this now. There was a, oh, um, there was a local business that some friends and I, well, one of a couple local businesses that are some friends and I, of mine and I, uh, put a allegedly. a smoke bomb allegedly, and allegedly yeah. put a smoke bomb into. And the, the plan was we actually had a friend that was planted in the business to just be able to tell us about the, the oh public reaction. God. So he's just in there incognito. The rest of us are out in the alley. We drop the smoke bomb and then we just take off running. And it felt like I was chained down by a thousand pounds. I could not run fast enough. And like everyone uh, had time to come out of the, walk out of the store, see who did it. Like, right. They're going to guy running in slow motion of a mile an hour. <laughs> right. But, um, but no, like getting to the point, I think hell for me, it would be the, um, it's a layered, like when you actually start eating real food and you start like getting layers to your taste. Yeah. It's not just the like being murdered. I think it would be like the idea of being kept away from my loved ones and them having like no idea, like thinking that I just left. Right. And so that kind of compounding whatever horror I was experiencing, that would be hellish for me. Yeah. Like some sort of isolation. Yeah. Because it's easier for me. I've never been arrested, but I did like a... I'm not even sure who it was for. Maybe the county or something. It was like a, uh, not really an educational video, blanking on what you would call this, but like a, I played a dad who bought beer for his kids and was like, did, yeah. it was a big deal. And then I get arrested at the end. And the end is like me in the jail cell being like, but I'm the cool dad. <laughs> I can't, but being put in that, just being put in that cell for a joke. That's terrifying. You don't want it. You don't want it. And especially jail cells now. Like, I think I still had this uh, antiquated, charming uh, idea of jails as, like, this open area with bars where people can talk to each other. Fuck no. No. It's a steel door with a two-inch by two-inch window. Uh, Yeah, very terrifying. Also, getting uh, acting notes from the other. Because you can yell. You can still hear people. So uh, there were other guys, like, giving me notes, like, directing me as I was doing the, I'm the cool dad. It's very, it's a fun experience, but I could not wait to get out of there. So never they want to spend a night there, let alone. <coughs> it's awful. <laughs> yeah. It's awful. So they actually put you in the room and close the door. Yeah. That red door, that, like, maroon yeah. door. Yeah. Oh, God, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. It's horrible. Um, and I had to do a lot of things before that happened. I had to like bend over and spread my butt cheeks and stuff for the the guy. Like it was it wasn't enjoyable in any sort of way. Um, but here's the funny thing, though. Like maybe hell has gotten easier now. Like imagine being the first people told about a hell concept. Oh, sure. You're like, oh my god, don't ever let that happen to me. I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but they're hoping you say that. But like now we have horror movies and we have, you know, 
torture porn or wherever. So like if we get to hell, we might just kind of be like a eh, little I was I was hoping for something more like, you know, I mean, what is hell going to come up with? Like, has hell evolved or if we go to hell, is it going to be just like like 1920s hell, (laughs) you know, where it's just like, take this hammer and hit this rock for forever. And it's like, oh, okay, Okay. Yeah. God, look at how ripped yeah. I am now. I can still jack off like when I get tired. Like, oh, all right. Yes, you're allowed to take breaks for that. It's hell. Right. Yes. You get unlimited jerk off breaks. Yeah. Why didn't I if die you sooner? Need help too. Someone uh, will be provided for you. Yeah. Free of charge. God said that Gross he. sinner. God said that he messed up and you can go to heaven now. No, 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 no. No, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine here. I'm getting, I'm getting ripped, dragging off all yeah. the time. How good's the movie where the the ship goes to heaven and comes back? <laughs> right, the love boat. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Maybe yeah. the love boat was just Event Horizon, but going to heaven. This ship is alive, and it's brought back peace and love. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and some of your more familiar TV stars from popular shows My that you. <laughs> right. Yeah, a cocaine. Um, <laughs> There was that one. There was that one yeah, blonde. Cocaine in heaven or hell? Who knows? Who personal preference? Well, it depends. Like, is it is it a never ending supply? <laughs> heaven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Um, don't do drugs, kids. Uh, cocaine is bad. Um, but the one girl that was the blonde on the love boat didn't think it was bad, um, and it ruined her career. But uh, you got to stay in shape. So who was that? I can't remember her name. She was like the one that would like greet people when they came on the ship. Yeah. Like the real cute, like perky blonde or whatever. Just, just a fucking Hoover. It's been a while. Just hoovering that shit down. Like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. It was the eighties. Right. And they thought it wasn't addictive. (laughs) And Freud was pushing it left and right. Here's the thing. Don't ever for a second think that this world doesn't run on speed. Show me the gas station that doesn't have amp or bang or, you know, nuclear like Hiroshima, like energy drink, like all of them do. Everybody's like, oh, I haven't had my coffee yet. You know, it's kind of like the like like not funny jokes that people tell in the office. Like, oh, like, sorry, I sent that email. I haven't had my second cup yet. You know, that's basically people saying I am addicted to an amphetamine yeah. that makes me feel like I'm normal. Yeah. And I don't unless I have it. Right. Everybody loves speed. I love it. Yeah. It's it, but it, yes, and it's in its allowed form. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, sure. Yeah, we're not yeah, we don't advocate anything illegal here. No, you know, you no. can have prescriptions for things. I advocate, you know, doing things legally in legal states. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but never, ever bring something you bought legally somewhere <laughs> illegally. Right. Never do it. Well, let me ask you this question. What if, and I don't know the answer to this, what if you um, go to a, a, an adjoining state, a neighboring state where they where marijuana is legal? Yeah. You smoke marijuana there. Yeah. You come back to the uh, your job yeah. and you get have an accident the next day and they test you. Yeah. You in in you imbibed or whatever in a legal state. Can they hold that against you? Yeah, absolutely. 
Yes, especially if you work in Indiana, they can't wait to hold that against you. Yeah, that seems strange <laughs> somehow. Yeah, it is silly. And there are a lot of businesses now. Like, there, you're starting to see trends where businesses are like, actually, we're not going to... We're not going to test for marijuana. We're not going to, you know, that's not, your job will not hinge on your marijuana use. Right. Some. A Some. very small amount. Yeah. There are still places who are like, I'm sorry, I just can't trust you. Please, <laughs> take this 12-pack of beer and go home. <laughs> right. Drive home. Drive home, yeah. Right. <laughs> go spend time with your kids. <laughs> right. Smack them around a little. This is America, goddammit. Um, we don't need you watching SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. Um, so I don't know, it, it, but it, I'm I'm glad that you brought up hell. We actually had a friend. Uh, we have a mutual friend that was obsessed with hell for a while, and it was fun to play with because, like, I remember he and I were out walking one day, and there was this. It was dark out, and there was this metal. Uh, plate on the ground. Yeah. And I'm like, and I stopped him before he stepped on it. And I'm like, oh, don't step on that. And he's like, why? And I'm like, well, if you step on that, it falls through and you go to hell. <laughs> and he like avoided that for like the rest of his life. Anytime we went back by, the, it was like an area that we would walk Is behind. Over? What's that? Is he dead? No. Oh, okay. No. And uh, not only that, but he like, I think he kind of knew that I was fucking with him. So he used to like kind of have this, I'm not going to say an obsession, but he had this thought that I might've been the devil. And uh, so he, he brought it up to me one time and he's like, he's like, yeah, sometimes I wonder if, if you're the devil. And I just said, well, the funny thing is, is that if I was like, it's not like I could tell you, <laughs> which made it even worse. Oh my God. Those were good times. Such a sweet man. Um, but uh yeah, so that was fun to play with. But no, I, I don't, uh, you know. We should say this before as we yeah. get into the movie. Not really biblical hell. Right. Yeah. Because. Or a demonic, you know, a, a unspeakable evil kind yeah. of thing. Why, why don't people have hell parties? Like biblical hell-themed parties. I'm sure people do. Wouldn't that be... Like go to hell on come, you know, this Saturday, yeah, go to hell. Yeah, go to hell. And they just and it's cute, you know, like the horns and the flames and you know sure. It's sexy. Hell is sexy. <laughs> is if you do sexy. it right. Yeah. Sex is bad. Hey, somebody is into everything. Yeah. You know sex is not only the most important thing to keeping our <laughs> species going and the worst thing you can do. Yeah. But that's what makes it hot. Yeah, that's man. <laughs> it's a real Real tough decision to yeah. make. <laughs> yeah, it's just best to give in and go with the go with the flow. We should um, say this, and then we will get into this yes. movie. You and I saw Barbarian last night. Mm-hmm. The new Justin Long film. Oh yeah, and it's great. It is. Um, do you want to tell this part? No, you tell it. This is crazy. So we're yeah, we saw the movie. And I did uh, jokingly at the beginning of the because there were twelve people in there. Yeah, and I was like, "Do you think anyone in here has heard the show?" Ha ha ha! Right. Uh, well, watch the, movie, watch the movie. At the end of the movie, we're chatting. You know, we were making a spectacle of ourselves, but we're down in the front. Yeah, uh, just having a little conversation about post-credit scenes, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm literally like edging towards the door, ready to go. 
you were not budging, which kudos to you. I was like, oh, he's, oh, he wants to stay. That's oh, yeah. fine. Uh, and then the guy next to you turns to you and is like, hey, can I ask you a weird question? <laughs> You're like, I, yeah, because you love, I'm sure, love weird questions. <laughs> and he's like, are you guys the Slumber Podcast guys? <laughs> and we were like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> so, yeah, we had our first official. And you apparently were, because you went to the bathroom. Yeah, I had gone the to the bathroom. Started, no shock to our listeners. suspicion like. Oh, Andy told this guy. Oh, yeah. To make some like comment about the podcast. No, I was convinced of it. I was convinced of it. And I knew that you weren't going to break like the first three times I made you swear that you didn't do it. But I was convinced of that. But then but in the moment, though, um, I mean, I, I had no choice to believe it. But the best part was. And let me go ahead and turn it on now. <laughs> the best the best part was I asked him. How did you recognize us? And he said, I recognized your voices. Right. It's rather incredulously. Like, well, how the fuck else did you? Yeah. Do? This honey dip gold <laughs> pipe <laughs> blasting in your eardrums. Um, so, no, that was that was really cool. It was neat. And then and here's the and funny thing. Like, oh, I get the fur references now. <laughs> right. Yeah. You got no, to see me in the fur. I'm always pushing the brand. Um, so, but what was funny is, is that we even came here afterward, came to your house. And I got to say, like, I, I went home that night and I actually kind of felt a little bit bad about how I was afterward because I was in this weird, like, just state of shock that that happened. I'm, and look, I'm not trying to say that we were like mobbed on, you know, the no, it's Hollywood. The, the first time that's ever happened. Right. That's cool. And, but I really was just like, here's the thing. I, I love to brag about stuff like that's not brag, but I'm, I'm enthusiastic. But when something really, really shocks me or something's really, really great, I, it's almost like I don't want to like acknowledge it because if I do, then it, it never happened. Yeah. But it, so like it was when I went home that I'm like, yeah, I was just kind of in a total state of shock that that happened. Yeah. But it's cool. Like somebody just and like I even said to you, when Zachary your, or Zach. If you're listening again, we were like, yeah, so, thank you. It's such a whirlwind. I'm like, wait, what was the, that guy's name? I'm bad with names anyway, but I'm sure it was either Zach or Zach. And you and your girlfriend Pleasure were both very you. nice. Yeah, yeah. Very, nice. very nice. And kudos to you for like, because, you know, that's the thing. Like, I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but it's like there's so many little moments that we have in our life where if you just give the most minimal effort, it can really make an impact on somebody's life. Like if you're sitting at the bar and somebody has like. Uh, a nice jacket or whatever, or, you know, you like their outfit just to say like, wow, you look really cool. Like you, that's a, that's an awesome outfit. Yeah. Like that's going to make that, that's going to set that person for like a week. <laughs> right. They're going to thrive off of that. So Zach, uh, if that's your name, uh, we hope it is. You're, you're <laughs> sure, Zach I'm now. Sure. You're Zach now. I'm sure it is Zach, but I couldn't remember if it was Zach or Zach. Yeah. Zachariah it, from, from here on out. Um, you're a friend of the show and we appreciate you taking the time. It was not a weird question. It was a, a brave question. We're glad that you asked it and we're glad that you listened. That's awesome. And we won't bring it up anymore. No. <laughs> right. I won't tell that story 20 more times <laughs> this weekend. Yeah. I mean, I did expect my kid to be like, cool, dad. But she was like, whoa. 
that's cool. Yeah. I was like, oh, maybe it actually is. And it is, you know, it's kind of what we should also say before we get into talking about Event Horizon. Uh, I'm looking at my notes. Um, so we should say that it's a festive atmosphere here right now in our town because we yeah. have the Popcorn Festival. Yeah, we're missing the Popcorn Festival parade. For this. Yeah, for you. For this. Another tough decision to make. Yeah. <laughs> Do I go watch endless uh marching bands and bees be, yeah bees marching bands politically insensitive floats people just kind of like ambling around yeah, yeah like okay if you're so like hmm, popcorn fest have i heard that before yeah you did you did last year it made international news we had an organization make because it it does fall on the second it's always the second saturday or this first saturday after labor day that mm-hmm. is always popcorn fest which now just every once in a while falls on 9-11. Yeah. So a, a local organization, I'll let you guess which one it was, decided to uh, make a float of two towers, which is fine. That's enough where you're like, okay, tribute, I get it. But to then add the smoke billowing out of the towers. And if you got a closer look, like they had like charred like – um remains <laughs> yeah like like baby carrot like little baby doll carriages. oh my god yeah, it was insane wow uh, but yeah that made international news so look that up if you want fun popcorn fest 9-11 tribute float you know somebody posted <laughs> it, on it made you know made facebook a real hot hot to trot around here for a couple weeks Somebody on Facebook said that, like, they can't stop thinking about that float from last year and, you know, what's going to happen this year. And I'm like, well, if you want to stop thinking about it, just think about the potential for a dead queen float. Yes, I was trying to remember. And so what I said was, follow me here, instead of a dairy, because, you know, it's local businesses. We have Dairy Queen here. So instead of Dairy Queen, you have Berry Queen (laughs) and you have a giant parfait glass with the Queen of England floating on top of a cloud on the top of a, a f- quote-unquote float within a float. So it's heady. I, I mean, it, it, I understand. It's not for everybody. This is like upper echelon float uh, thoughts. But, um, yeah, a dead queen float. Hey, uh, your majesty misty float? Well, yeah, because isn't Dairy Queen, the whole thing is like royalty, right? Like the whole, like the, yeah. the product line and yeah. everything? Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, and she died, you know. So what? What are you going to not have a, a monarch ice cream treat in your parade and somehow call it a parade? Right. Berry Queen is really good, though. Berry Queen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh boy, we'll have to keep right. from crying. Yeah. How about a movie? There was a big idea about setting up at at the parade, but man, what a pain in the ass! It's oh God, yeah. Do. We were going to record with parade really, sounds. Really, the biggest pain in the ass would have been finding like a good table to take down. That's really moving this equipment. Not too difficult. Could probably do it in like one pack, like one armful. Not that we couldn't find a table like that. Maybe somebody was using like maybe like a twelve chair like antique table that somebody has set out as a placeholder for yeah. their blanket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They'll just like be a pile of babies, like newborns, just on the side of the road, just to hold their place for their parade blanket. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Parade's a nightmare. Yeah. Here's the thing: you can go to an event after the parade has finished, and it's fine. Like you don't have to see it. Right. If you've seen fifty parades in your life, you don't have to see more. <laughs> no. They're, it's going to be the same thing. No. Yeah, our friend Carl and I used to announce for it. We've been fired from the job twice. 
And I, we were asked again to come back. And I said, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to do that anymore. I've been in a few parades. One time I, I was in a... Uh, don't fire me twice. No. I was... Job again. <laughs> I was in a show where um, I, I played, it was uh, Alice in Wonderland, and I played the Mock Turtle, but we didn't have the uh, the White Rabbit. And Which she, you sang disco in. Yes, I did. Out. Yeah, beautiful I did. soup. Thank you. Um, oh, you were just, yeah, you were going, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rich and pretty. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, that was actually my first vocal, like, singing performance in a show ever. You could tell. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was rough. It was rough. Um, but when in the parade, we didn't have our white rabbit, which, you know, you can do away with the mock turtle and nobody's going to care. But yeah. you got to have the white rabbit. That was my first CTG show. Was it really? Yeah. So I decided in the parade, mind you, things are still very warm outside in this part uh-huh. of the country. And I had the full, I had the full, you know, rabbit outfit. I had the full face paint and everything. And I'm like, I'm going to hop the whole parade. Right. We get about three miles into it, and I just have one hand on the back of the trailer, my head down. All of the makeup has now sweated off completely and onto the costume. I just have, like, raccoon eyes, and I'm just, like, hand on the chest, just, like, propping myself up on the float itself. I do remember this. Just shuffling along. Yeah, it didn't work out. Yeah. Why'd you have to play the... Oh. Because Sarah couldn't be there. Yeah. Car wreck or something. Sarah. Oh, Connor. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, uh, Carl came in and, uh, cleaned up after she dropped. Oh, did she completely wreck. drop out? Yeah. Cause she couldn't do the, like she wore that neck brace around. Everyone oh, that's right. About yeah. How serious maybe. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Event horizon. Event and horizon. I know, and Here here's, a, here's a fun thing. There are fans of this movie Good out Lord. there. You didn't like this movie? No, I, I'm, I'm just saying, like, this is a movie that we're covering that people have actually oh, yeah. seen. Like, like, I'm excited. Shut the fuck up. Guys. Right. <laughs> Except for our, that, our one friend who's like, this is the only part I like. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Come dog, friend of the show. Okay, so this is Event Horizon from 1997. It was written by Philip Eisner. This is the, I pulled these facts off of Wikipedia, so don't at me. It was directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. It stars Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Neill, and Kathleen Quinlan. It had a budget of... 60 million, which blew me away. Box office, 45 million. Mm. Also kind of shocking. Uh, let's do Nan Sum, and then we can get into some spoilers and stuff. Uh, the Event Horizon is a deep space research vessel that has been missing for the better part of a decade. So when it suddenly begins transmitting a distress beacon from the atmosphere of Neptune, a rescue team aboard the Lewis and Clark is sent out, bringing with them Dr. William Weir, the engineer behind the design of the vessel. He explains to the crew... That while the public was told the Horizon was a research vessel, it is actually an experimental craft using a new gravity drive designed to achieve faster-than-light travel. Upon their initial investigation, young Ensign Justin is pulled into the liquid core of the drive, causing a shockwave that damages both ships, forcing the crew to abandon the Lewis and Clark onto the Horizon. Soon after, they begin to experience nightmarish hallucinations, and after finding the last captain's log from the first Horizon crew, it is determined the ship has literally been to hell and back. Now the remaining members must try and find a way home before they're stuck on a one-way trip to hell aboard the Event Horizon. Mm-hmm. We got. I feel like th- I feel like that's just coming easy for you now. You're so good at writing those oh, now. Thanks. It's weird, I, like when you write these up. And I was especially thinking about, like, how I would, like, maybe do one for, like, Barbarian. A lot of these, I'm like, oh, this is simple. 
wow, will I even be able to do this in more than three sentences? But like uh, the setup itself is always a lot. Yeah. Like the last sentence is like usually the last half of the movie. Yeah. So no, it's good stuff. And, and if you were to build a spacecraft that could basically travel through time, wouldn't that be the first thing that you would say about it to people? But they kept that secret. Well, that's, I mean, that's huge. You don't want to. Yeah, I guess the first time you try it, you might want to just try it in secret first. Right, yeah. No one, yeah, when they were testing the nuclear bomb, nuclear bomb, they (laughs) weren't just like, guys, guess what? We are 10 hours away from our first planet-destroying detonation. You're not going to believe how many people this could kill. (laughs) Right, we're so excited to bring to you. (laughs) We don't even know. No, yeah. Um, no, it's, uh, it is a movie, like I said, that a lot of people have seen. It was popular. The numbers that you said, as far as box office, I think belie the popularity of the movie. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if it's that 40 million is or whatever it was that it made at the box office is underperforming or just that the budget was so big, but here's the, here's the problem. That's a good point. The, the, it didn't matter how big the budget was. And there was a reason why the budget was so big was because, um, I'm just going to call him Paul Anderson. I'm sorry. He's listed as Paul W.S. Anderson. I'll give you two choices. You can either be W.S. Anderson or you could be Paul Anderson, but I'm not doing both. <laughs> right. I don't have enough time. Um, you do realize how long the first segment of this show is. I don't have time to call you Paul W.S. Anderson. So Paul Anderson comes off of <laughs> what's funny is the way this is talked about. I didn't realize it. Apparently, Mortal Kombat was a massive success. It was. I mean, I, I actually haven't seen it. The first one kind of rules. It doesn't? Okay. Yeah, I bet it was probably movie, you know? Probably cool to see those characters. Oh, you know what? I actually know a guy that... I mean, it's, the good thing is it's like that is a movie that the plot is a fighting tournament, which has been done before, so you can kind of piggyback off of that. Uh, and now you just have to introduce all the cool characters that are in... Mortal Kombat. There's actually a Kung Fu instructor. I went to a school just to try it out in Chicago that was that played one of the uh, the people in that. Oh, uh, is it L- L- Luke? Luke Kang? Yeah. His name's Tony. The he main t- character? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is he Asian? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. This no, is he's from Scandinavia. <laughs> no. Yeah. He's actually got a Kung Fu school in uh, Chicago on the north end. On the north side. Nice. Yeah. Anyhow, um, so it's a popular movie. I've tried to watch Event Horizon three Robin times. Shu? Is that his name? Um, no. That's who played Luke King. Okay. Maybe it's a different character. Uh, his name is, um, oh, gosh. We'll find it afterward. His All name's right. Tony. Um, maybe he was Maybe he was the used for the video game. I'm not sure. Oh, He's that's possible. Somehow has a, a tie to that, <laughs> okay. that character. So um, I've tried to watch this movie three times, and I always have this weird narcoleptic reaction to it where I fall asleep. Wait, Mortal not, Kombat or Event Horizon? Or Event Horizon. Okay. And it's not because Event Horizon is is bad, especially in the beginning. Um, but it's just because sometimes I have that reaction where, like, not when a movie is just good, but when it, when it has one of those storylines that kind of pulls you in. Yeah. Like, it almost, like, it's like this weird sedative thing, and I just, like, pass out. Like, I'm like, this is so good. I'm getting so wrapped up, and then I just, like, close my eyes and pass out. Right. Plus, I was always really freaked out by this movie. Yeah. Um. So it really sounds like it's a defense mechanism. Yeah. I'm going to force myself to fall. Oh, sorry. I fell asleep. Right. Oh, I didn't make it through it again. <laughs> That's I true. I have the same thing with Con Air. <laughs> 
I know people love that movie. I fucking hate that movie. It's so bad. It's kind of silly. I I think it's part of just the silliness. But um, right, yeah, I get it. People are like, no, no, it's because it's so dumb. Well, yeah, yeah. His hairline isn't receding. He can grow it out. I mean, it's fine. (laughs) Um, So. So there's this movie. So I'm glad that I watched it. And I even purposely chose to watch it this morning. I wanted to watch it in daytime hours, early daytime hours. I, I did not want to be freaked out. I wanted to watch it and enjoy it. And I, for the most part, did. Anything that's wrong with this movie is not this movie's fault. No. This movie, just to give a quick rundown. Um, so Paul Anderson has that success with Mortal Kombat. And then he really has kind of like a bunch of scripts just thrown at him. And he's like, well, I, I could do a sequel to Mortal Kombat. I could do X-Men, literally offer oh. that, turned it down. Um, so because he didn't want to be just sort of lumped into like comic book or fantasy type stuff. And he's like, I'd rather do something a little harder. I want to do an R rated horror movie. Yeah. So they're like, well, we got this script that we've been bandying about and it's called event horizon. Why don't you check it out? He reads the script and he likes it, except for the fact that it had, um, you know, tentacled aliens on board or whatever. And he's like, this is just me doing another sci-fi creature feature, you know? And at the time, he, uh, not that dissimilar from our friend, was obsessed with hell or like the idea, the concept of hell. And so he thought about the idea of not it being a creature, but sort of this hellish consciousness that is haunting the ship. He really liked the idea of because it was pitched to him like we're going to do a haunted house in space. And so for him, the haunted house aspect was more something like intangible, like a force that was haunting people as opposed to like a creature, you know? So they're like, uh, and he's like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. I'm going to rewrite it, but I'll do it. And they're like, that's great. And guess what? We're going to give you $60 million. (laughs) Do you know why? Because you got to churn this motherfucker out in about half the time that you normally would. And he's like, okay, because what happened was is Titanic was supposed to come out. It was going to be the big summer blockbuster. Cameron uh, threw up the red flag and he's like, look, this is not going to happen. You're going to push this off till November and we'll open November. And they're like, well, what about our summer slot? Like, this is the money. This is the money slot. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, I don't I'm James Cameron. I don't know what to tell you. Um, (laughs) But uh, so they're like, "Okay, Event Horizon, you're going right into that slot. We've got a director attached. We'll give you 60 million dollars. Crank this fucker out. You're going to be our summer blockbuster. So he makes the film, but he's I mean, just to get put in perspective, usually you have 10 weeks of editing. They had four. He had to start editing two weeks just into shooting just to keep up with the schedule. He's working seven days a week. Um, All of the good crew people were gone. Like there were no good production designers left. Yeah. Because it was like everybody was already attached to stuff. Luckily, they got this guy. His name's uh, Joseph Bennett. And he was a young kid. Really a good get, though. Like, that was one of the positive things that happened because because he was young and inexperienced. He had been passed over, but he was all he was like the only one left. But luckily they got him because one thing that while some of the effects in this movie might not have aged well, his vision, I think, is pretty cool. Yeah, it's a nice mix of sort of archaic gothic uh, appearances and aesthetic along with futuristic. Yeah. And he almost, I think, succeeds a little bit more with the gothic choices than he does like the futuristic stuff. But it all looks cool. Yeah. So um, yeah, your future stuff either looks 
a little commonplace or a direct tribute to Alien. <laughs> right, exactly. Which is what he was trying <laughs> right, to avoid. Yeah. I was like, oh, this whole room looks like they're like the mess hall and alien. And then uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, the other woman, uh, Jolie Richardson, comes in and, so- and says something like everything's five by five. And I'm like, now that's a fucking aliens reference. Right yes. Now. Five by five also made popular for me by faith in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. For oh, all you Buffy fans. Made popular for me by the game Starcraft. Really? When you would launch a certain ship and go, it's five by five. Really? I mean, would, yeah, it was a direct. It is a, it is an actual I've looked it up before. It's a little obscure, but it is some sort of like Oh yeah, I'm sure like, it's a legit. It thing. means like we're ready to go right. kind of thing. Um so it wasn't only that. <laughs> this was another production quote unquote problem, but I'm still having a hard time wrapping my mind around it. Because Paul Anderson says that, you know, one of the things that didn't make the finished product that he would have wanted was because he said a lot more was meant to be filmed on location, but because of time they had to resort to uh, just film sets. My question is where exactly okay. on location exactly what I was going are to you going you. to get like, because not only have yeah. we not filmed another movie on another planet, <laughs> we've certainly haven't gone all the way to Neptune right. to do it. 60 million. This could get me to Neptune, right? <laughs> Right. Like, yeah, but you're going to have no money once you get there. Um, but, but yeah, so I don't know what the hell he was talking about, about on location, but like that was the thing that he thought was was an issue. Also, they were using some real explosives, which was a problem because they didn't have a lot of time for like they knew they were going to have be short on editing. So it's like rather than editing in the explosions, what if we just have shit blow up like yeah. in front of the actors? And two of the actors were supposed to be like writing away, scribbling away at a control panel. And then there was going to be a count of three. And then they were supposed to push back and and fall back out of their chairs. Well, when that happened, an explosion happened to prompt them to do that. Right. And they like didn't know like they literally knocked him out like they came back around. They had no idea what happened. Yeah. It was Sam Neill and the uh, the blonde. Was that Richard? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like literally knocked him unconscious. Wow. (laughs) So but they were in a hurry. Um. (laughs) The ori- speaking of not being in a hurry, the original cut of the movie is 130 minutes long, which is 40 extra minutes. Wow. Which really should, when you know what's in that extra time, it should have been in there. Really? Yeah. Because I kind of was like, wow, this is a tight hour 30, and it feels fine. Let me explain it like this. I think that it's not like I've seen the rough cut. It's impossible because I'm not making a joke here. The footage was destroyed in a salt mine in Transylvania. (laughs) How the fuck that happened? I have no idea. But literally, they could never make a director's cut of this because it is in a salt mine in Transylvania. Wow. Um, I don't know why you'd go to that that trouble. Your cousin borrow your raw footage (laughs) for one day. Yeah. What lie? Maybe if I make up a lie so crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But... um, So anyhow, that extra cut, that extra cut has, if you notice when you watch the movie, they are able to dwell on some characters vision of hell more than others. Oh, like there are some characters who get none of it, right? Which is weird. And they uh, was that in the rough? Yes. Cut? Okay. Oh, they had it. They, okay. It just got cut out. All right. Yeah. So that gets cut out. There was a lot of extreme gore. 
Um, and, and really that's what, what killed that wasn't even so much the time thing. It was the test audiences were just freaked out fainting because this, this movie, I think I mentioned it in the last episode, probably the last movie to like scare me to where, especially during the captain's log bit. Like I remember being in the theater and just like, trying to like turn away and like I would squint my eyes or whatever. Like it was at the time, the most disturbing imagery I had ever seen in my life. It's so fast. It's so, uh, you can't really see what's going on. You're like, is that a guy quickly eating an arm, like shoving an arm into his mouth? <laughs> right. And then it, there's just like wet spray, but it's like not blood and it just uh, everything's going. It's so fast. Yeah. And, uh, over the top, just that bit alone. Again, and I don't think I've seen this since because of that, that yeah. moment. Uh, Nancy watched this with me, which she said was a huge mistake. Was up all night <laughs> that night, uh, but this was one like we'd been dating like a year when this came out. Um, so you know, we were like we remember how much fun we had seeing it. Uh, but yeah, I can only imagine. If there's more gore in this, how repulsive it might be. Well, there, can, but it's still it's how it's presented because there are certain gore I can see and I'm like, okay. Uh, but maybe it was just this, like this, these quick edits on a little screen, like it already felt confined. Ooh. How about uh, it's the more, thing everyone remembers from this movie? How about more gore with real amputees and porn stars? Well. Now, now I'm interested. <laughs> right. They actually filmed what's called the blood orgy where the original crew of the event horizon has been taken over by this uh, malevolent, you know, force or whatever. And they're, I, they're like cutting their own limbs off while banging each other. And so he had legit porn stars fucking on the set with amputees like slicing into the prosthetics because there is no leg there. Right. So they can cut right into that shit and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was apparently just overwhelming. Now the tiniest, tiniest bit of that footage is intercut in there. Like, right. Just little, little bits, but, um, and I'm not saying that it isn't still, well, obviously for you, it was effective. Yeah. Like just, but I mean, maybe there was something even in the back of your mind. That's like, there might be more. And I think that that's a that's. Well, I think it too is just like the concept of that of just like, I don't know, re- the guy eating the arm or whatever it yeah. is really stuck with me. Well, I think he's just shoving it in there, <laughs> and it's like I know a human can't do that, like eat like that. So he's probably also like suffocating himself, yeah, on whatever he's shoving in, but he's like maniacally eating it, like he can't stop he has a compulsion to do it well that and and i trust me i'm excited to get to some of the psychological stuff in this um let me just barrel through the rest of this real quick and then we're going to talk about that fun stuff because there's a reason why me knowing you why you were affected by this and i know it (laughs) um so the here's the thing so we've got blood orgies we've got porn stars we've got amputees Paramount is like, look, we wanted a fun summer movie, right? We right. want like, you know, audiences and droves and people coming out laughing. Like, and so yeah. scared. And uh, so he had to trim it way, way down. Um, not only that, but uh, 
the cast itself apparently didn't understand the movie. <laughs> like they didn't really get the script. And that's the funny thing. Like that was an observation that I thought about. Like I'm not that smart when it comes to science. So when a, when a script starts talking about like magnetic fields and, and access and our access and all that stuff, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what you need. You need those right. things. Um, I wonder if a like brilliant, scientist watch these watches these movies and just laughs his ass off his or her ass off. Like, I mean, I'm sure that like, cause to me, honestly, like everything they're saying, I'm like, yeah, that, I guess that sort of makes sense. But I wonder if, I wonder if it's actually just totally nonsensical. Well, I mean, I would say the, the bit about bending space time, like that is theoretically like that's string theory. Okay. Like that is a, but it's you know the the idea of how do we even do that right is will baffle us forever. Can we even do that? That's the, we seem to be getting around some rules that the universe has set up for us. You know, <laughs> right, right. Which is what this movie is saying. Like you you play God and you yeah, right open the gates to hell. Well, and it, I loved how they just skirted the whole thing where somebody's like, "Well, that's impossible," and he's like, "Yes, it is," but. You don't do it, but you go around it. Right. And it's like, well, that, yeah, it kind of takes care of yeah. it. Um, as we say, we're bending the laws of physics, not breaking them. Right. Yes. Time travel is, I know we've talked about it before. We got a great email from uh, Dr. Benway explaining how we're always traveling through time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, man, time travel blows me away. Did you see uh, um, Interstellar? No. That has probably one of the best examples of how fucking crazy like gravity and time travel works because the the whole impetus of that movie and spoilers for the 12 year old movie interstellar right uh the, the the impetus of that movie is earth is pretty fucked we need to find a new home there we've discovered like a wormhole and we can get to like three different planets that we've been probing and so a team is sent to actually physically go check them out and there's one where they're like oh it has like a pretty dense gravity and it's very mountainous so let's go check that one out and one guy's left up on the ship right and the crew goes down when they land when they get to that planet they're like oh my god it's not mountains it's like gargantuan waves like waves that are like a hundred stories high wow like the the planet is just water and it's these massive waves but because that planet is so dense and the gravity is 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 so concentrated that time, from that perspective, moves slower. So as we are viewing that planet, what we see as a wave moving is just a stationary mountain from a per, you know probe perspective. So when they leave that planet, right, they like land. They're like, holy fuck, giant wave, let's get out of here <laughs> and fly away. And when they get up to the ship, the guy they've left up there is like 35 years older. And he's like, I didn't know if you guys were ever going to come. Back. Oh, like, my it God. Is such a fuck. Yeah. But they've been gone eight hours or whatever. Yeah. But because they were within this gravity field that slows light down, because all time is, is how we perceive light. That's all time is. Right. So because from their perspective, light was moving at this constant. It was moving at a different constant for this other guy. Sure. I've thought about that so before. Crazy. I thought of that before because apply to this movie really at all, but I'm a big, I'm a big (laughs) fan of, uh, of uh, anti-aging beauty products. So I've thought about this before. 
if you go to a different dimension, because it's always the same. It's like when you go to the dimension, like you, you like two seconds have passed in your reality, but you feel like you were gone for like three days or whatever. Right. So if you as a like a beauty regimen go to that other dimension regularly, when you come back, you have an age. But that doesn't make sense either, because time has been the same for everyone else. So you're still going to age, even if you yourself travel time to that other dimension and you experience the the only non-aging is in your mind. Right. Because you've experienced. You're experiencing still time at a constant. Right. So I guess it's it's like maybe for a loner, like if you don't like your family or friends, like you can experience a lifetime, like 15 years over there, build a new life <laughs> right. and then go back and you're still going to be about the same age. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that, why I think like. Forward time travel may be possible. Backwards time travel, I don't know how you do that. Because right. light's always moving forward. So it's somehow you have to reverse the a single constant in the universe, which is the speed of light. Sure. So crazy. Anyway, demons. Yeah, but okay. So now okay, so now we'll get to what I was talking about. I think that knowing you and the jaunt. I think yeah. that that's what might affect you personally with this movie. It's it's the horror of the unknown. Yeah. And that that somehow, if you've got the right actor, uh, which Jack Noseworthy doesn't leap to the top of somebody's lists of great actors of all time. The- yeah. Okay. But and what it was kinda, that MTV show he was on? Well, he wasn't on an MTV show that I know of, but he was in a video for Bon Jovi where he's like a painter. Yeah. I think it was Always was the song. But didn't he get a show and it was something like called Forever, like Always 21 or something like that? Maybe. And like he couldn't die or something like that? Maybe. I meant to look it up and I was like, Tim will know. Yeah, no, I I don't remember. I, I only he did, yeah, he was in that video. Yeah, he got his own MTV show, and then he was in this movie, and then people were like, nah. Yeah, because he's like kind of like. Uh, I, I mean, he was, he was. I was relying on you. He has a nice physique. Really, sort of looks like a, a human Elmer Fudd, but uh, when you look at his face, but um, he does, but he's cute. Yeah, he's cute. Um, but yeah, but he has that that nice moment in the if you want to call it that dead in, at twenty one dead at twenty one. Oh, I kind of remember that yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that moment in the airlock where he's talking about like the things that I've seen, like that is really I, where did I have a specific Ooh, Carla Gugino was in that video. Uh, I don't remember her. Listen, my wife's getting a little self-conscious about how we talk about women on this show. <laughs> okay. Even though I point out we talk about men the same way, but uh, Carla Georgina, I just like her work, you know? Yeah. I, I've never even really noticed sure. uh, her naked breasts in several films I've seen. No. And you know what? I tell you what. I think that people like that we talk about that kind of stuff because, hey, when people are sitting around watching a movie, that's the kind of stuff they say, like, look at that butt. Yeah. And let me just say this. Hottest person in this movie uh, Richard T. Jones. Uh, Cooper? Yes, Cooper. Oh, yeah, he's a good-looking guy. I, I was like, oh, this guy, uh, really, we never got to see his demonic hallucination because probably, like, the worst thing he's ever done is not make someone smile and have the best day of their life after they've met him. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, he's yeah. such an amiable, fun guy. Yeah, he looks so, and he looks like he's got it. There's that scene where we first see him and he's just got, you know, this, he's got a nice shape to him, beautiful skin, 
beautiful face. He's got like a white towel around him. And yeah. you're like, that guy just is nice to look at. Yeah. And then he's like, do you want something hot and black in you? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you know, okay. So sexual harassment above, uh, upon a spacecraft, it's looser rules, right? Yeah, again, these were 97 rules. We still could smoke indoors. Right. They were still like, yeah, no issue smoking on a spacecraft. And isn't that the thing? It's like every single space movie, everybody's always the same. They're always like a little snarky. Like everybody's always moving and doing yeah, like something. So bored being and when in they space. and when they pass each other, it's always like they can't just like pass and say like good morning. It'll be like, so are you gonna like actually take care of breakfast uh, tomorrow morning? Well, that depends. Are you gonna finally fill the booster tanks? And you know, it's they're always like shitty with each other. Like, like it's always these snarky remarks, yeah. but, um, but they're having fun up there. You yeah. know, it's close quarters. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that kind of stuff, um, what did I, I'm, I'm actually, okay. So this is the, what I wrote down baby bear, Justin, yeah. uh, in the airlock is when this movie starts to mean something. That's what I wrote down. And it's true. There's, there's good, nice setup prior to that. But when you get him being possessed by this alien hell dimension consciousness and wanting to kill himself because the things that he's seen, even though we haven't seen them, yeah. are so horrific. And he looks so vulnerable and just like shocked, just in a state of shock that it's uh, that's when this movie hits its stride. Yeah. And that's what I think really affects you because if you if you were that affected by the jaunt, it's the idea of I don't even have to tell you what I've I've experienced. It's beyond anything I could tell you. Right. Yeah. And that's freakier than showing you something. Yeah. And it was, you know, possibly over time. I mean, that's what freaks me out about the jaunt is this idea of just being consciously trapped yeah awake yeah and not being able to do anything about it yeah and not knowing when it will end sure it goes on longer than you're able to comprehend sure like we don't you know we view time so weird and it's so fast like you think about i was just watching a video the other day and it's like you know we have generations but like human lifespans themselves it's like yeah we're like you know five human lifespans away from like byzantine empire you know like the things that we are able to do in the span of one human life are insane yeah like the achievements we make sure so and just to even think about one lifespan and then maybe living a thousand of those yeah just unable rick and morty did a episode about last season that was their last season uh opener where one of the girls in it kind of gets trapped in this time crystal and is just like she's like going to hook up with morty and then at the end is like yeah i've like uh like experienced things like i'm way above this you know (laughs) right with the funny joke at the end some guy like honks is like hey baby she's like fuck you i'm a time god (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) so good yeah no i i see what you mean i mean it's that that idea of sort of uh but they don't say that that's what justin does that but that is i did apply that because yeah, he gets sucked into the drive and then comes out and is like catatonic. Right. And yeah, my mind immediately goes to the jaunt. Like, 
what did he experience in there? How right. long did he experience it? Right. He really say, I'm wondering what came first. Yeah. He, to him, he might have been trapped in there for 100 years. Right. Experiencing hell every second. Yeah. You don't know. And but now that's the one thing that is crushing to me because the, I'm not a huge sci-fi guy. And again, I'm not the biggest, you know, science nerd in the world. But I do like it when they like give cool explanations to things. And apparently in that original cut, they talked a lot more about what that black hole is and why Justin was attracted to it and what happened with the black. There's so much more that goes into that. And maybe it's okay that we don't see all of that because it just makes his freaked out idness that much more mysterious. Yeah. But I, I would have liked to known a little bit more about even if it was just a couple hints about that black hole yes. or, you know, if, if maybe, you know, they, they make a strong point that Sam Neill's character doesn't know where it sends people. Right. But like to have maybe sort of a hint or something like, yeah, I guess in retrospect, cause I, you know, I was like, wow, this movie, I can't believe how short it is and everything seems to kind of be there, but yeah, kind of thinking about it again. I mean, I guess I would have liked more explanation on the drive. There was something, uh, cause Nancy was like, Oh, like Sam Neill, did he build this in order to like find his dead wife or whatever? Oh, away? and I was like, oh, I don't know. And we kind of kept waiting for that to be the reason, because he is kind of like really on board with the demonic thing. Um, and I don't, you know, maybe that's just the way it's affecting him, but it does. It doesn't seem to consistently affect people. Yeah. So that's why we were like, maybe he has some sort of ulterior motive to this. Hmm. Uh, but that's never really fleshed out, and I wonder if that's in some of the deleted stuff. That I like the idea of that, and that's really, really plausible based on what we know about his character. I mean, the very, very first thing, they tell it to you right away. When we first see Sam Neill, and he wakes up from you know kind of this nightmare or dream that he has about his wife, the first thing that he does is look at this picture of her, one of the many pictures that he keeps of her, and it's like it's almost like it's a routine for him. Yeah. So what this movie is, and not that it's like that I'm so smart for figuring it out because it's it's right there on the surface. What this movie is about is about your your guilt or your regrets will consume you if you allow them to. Right. You know, if you don't deal with your stuff. Basically, if you get on the event horizon and you have just been to therapy and you've dealt with all your shit, you're fine. Right. You're totally fine. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's what makes Cooper being so kind of happy-go-lucky, even though we know that he has stuff that it just got lost in the footage. But I kind of like the fact that he's never really taken by that force because he just seems to be like a guy stressing out about. Yeah. He's a positive person all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that kind of works. Yeah. You had to leave your kid. Yeah. You have a, like a, you know, you got to know what your job is. Yeah. You get to make a tough decision. Everybody goes to work. Right. Yeah. Um, Change jobs. God damn it. it Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you really like your kid that much? I mean, yeah. (laughs) Um, But no, it's uh it's it's something that I agree with you, though, that even knowing that there's all that extra footage, I do feel like it does. It doesn't unravel at any point. There's no. a couple parts where you kind of feel like if you I guess if you know that there's more, you can see where things got slapped together a little yeah. bit. But I, if you didn't know that, I don't think it would it would you'd be like, oh, my God, this movie just sucks now right. for the last 20 minutes. I, I don't think that's the case. Now, I will say this, though. And I'm not jumping to the ending, but I just have to say it because I remembered it. 
that ending kind of sucks, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I, I don't know how to end it. Yeah, it's but kind of an interpretive ending where you're like, oh, is she still affected by yeah. it or whatever? But even though I've never seen her be affected by it, like right. she was one. The two survivors yeah. are ones you never see affected by the ship. What is her character name? Is that Stark? Uh, it is. Yeah, Stark. S T A R C K. Yeah. She is actually my favorite. Starch? Uh, Starch. Starch. <laughs> uh, she is my favorite in this in this movie. I, there, there's something about her that I don't know if I just like appreciate her stability yeah. throughout the whole thing. Um, but she just as an actress is there's something about her that I thought was was really cool. Yeah. Um, some of the other people can come across at times a little bit more stereotypical of what they're supposed to be. Although I really did like the character of the, the doctor. Yeah. The, um, I thought he was great. And, um, but there's a bunch of stuff. Yeah. There's a bunch of stuff that gets missed. Like he has some botched childhood operation that leaves him with a fear of being dissected, which is why his death is the way that it is. Okay. There's a thing about with Cooper. It's that he has a fear of losing a family member. That's why he freaks out about Justin being in the airlock so bad. Then that way they got to save Justin and all that stuff. So there's, there's just doing his job. Like that's (laughs) also his job. Otherwise he wouldn't (laughs) have given a shit, you know? Um, But, uh, (laughs) but yeah, there's, there's a lot. I'd be like, no, Gotta get Justin. Right. Yeah. No, there's there's uh there's a lot of stuff that I, I wish we could see there. But I'll tell you what, uh Lawrence Fishburne is in this movie, and god damn it, if that guy doesn't just bring it every time he's he steps foot into a, a movie frame and we believe everything he does, even though I kind of don't like that weird captain's chair, chair that he's in. Terrible design. And I don't who the fuck designed that chair. I'm going to try and say this in the nicest way. There have been people that I've known in life that are in wheelchairs and are paralyzed from the waist down. Uh And the way that their legs are sort of cramped and put together, um, he looked like that. Like he, when he's in that chair, it's just this sort of like, it's not very commanding. He looks like he's just squished into that thing. Yeah. Um, It's, it's strange, but Lawrence (laughs) Fishburne, um, fantastic actor. And uh, we were talking about it a little bit uh, yesterday, but um, started at a very, very young age. Wow. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I'm looking it up now. Uh, it was Boys in the Hood. Like that is kind yeah. of the thing that broke him out. In retrospect, I was like, no, no, no. He was established. That was their big get. But no, it like made him. Well, you would. Yeah, because you would think that if you were in a movie with Francis Ford Coppola and that movie was called Apocalypse Now, that your career would have just like <laughs> kept going up from that. But it but he was so young. He was 14. And I love thinking about that. I love thinking about the parental choice that was made for his mother to say, let me get this straight. You're 14 years old. I think that the best thing for you to do is to go to the jungle with drug addicts and who are all losing their mind. I, who's your babies? Oh, uh, Dennis Hopper and Marlon Brando are going to be looking out for you. (laughs) Like That'll be just fine. Like, yes, go to the jungle with junkies. You're only 14. Like you gotta, like you, 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 sometimes you just got to push that baby bird out of the nest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, uh, he started at a young age and he's just, I like him a lot because I think he has, especially in this movie, he has the capacity to 
be somebody who has to make tough decisions, who has to tell people things and sometimes take a shitty tone, but he does it in a thoughtful way. Yeah. Um, He's also really good at introducing the crew of a ship. He is. He does it. And then I'm like, do you think he got the part in the Matrix just because they saw this and we're like, yeah, he could introduce the crew of the Nebuchadnezzar. (laughs) Right, right. You've seen the Matrix, right? I have. Yeah. That is a good movie. Um, You know what, though? I got done introducing that crew and I'm just like, the little one behind you is Mouse. Which then Justin kind of looks like that guy who yeah. played Mouse in the Matrix. So right. He's like, is that that guy? Is that the same guy? Do people like rewatch the Matrix on the regular? Like, Fuck yeah. Really? I just watched it this year. Are you serious? Yeah. I, yeah. I haven't seen it since it came out. I, I oh, saw man. the, how many of them are there? Three, four now. Okay. I didn't see the fourth one. I got that's the, the most reason that just came out last year. The third one, I just, that's a little convoluted, isn't it? I mean, well, I, I don't know. I just felt like, I'm one of those rare people who didn't mind it. I just I, there was a scene where like he was having stuff explained to him, and I was just like, I, I'm just well, sure, yeah, it's, yeah. You know, it's a philosophy movie, and right? A lot of yeah. people forget. <laughs> They're like, no, 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 we're right. slow mo jumping. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's Is what it, that movie was about, right? Yeah. Well, Special effects. Yeah, if you ask like 90% of the people, like just if you just go up to somebody and say, do the Matrix, like that's what they're going to do. Right, they're going to bend. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember. Yeah, I, I remember watching that movie. And what was the actress in that? Carrie Ann Moss. I remember somebody saying that she had a nice bucket. That's how they put it. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I'd say that. I, I Yeah. Her butt in those yeah. in those. Uh, uh, what even is that material? Leather. Kind of, but it's shiny. It's like patent leather. Well, yeah, it's a lot of yeah. coats, and she is in like a full body suit at one point. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, nice bucket. Apparently, she's a weird choice. Um, she's yeah. fine. <laughs> um, a little thin lipped. I, I, yeah, for me, for my taste. But, uh, but I'm, she's fine. She's great. Um, anyhow, <laughs> like I love how we just project ourselves as like examples of human perfection. Right, yeah. That we have the only authority could look like me. <laughs> um, hey, we're aging well though. Um, but no, this movie is, uh, it, we, we talked about the scary part and I think that that's something that is true for anybody that I've ever talked to about this movie is that everybody seems to be legitimately creeped out by it. There's not a ton of, Fun, like in the way that we have fun with slasher movies. Right. It's not to say that the movie isn't enjoyable to watch or engaging, but um, once it gets going, it's it's not about. There's not a lot of goofiness, um, which is I mean, nor should there be. But um, do do you feel like what grade do you give this movie? I'm going to ask you for a letter grade. I'd give it a B minus. Okay. And what would have given it a a, a B plus? Um, oh God! Well, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I guess I don't know something a little more because I the 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 surface of it of just like people have crazy hallucinate you know hallucinations and how do they deal with it? There's really nothing below you know beyond that. Yeah. Um. 
other than maybe, you know, that's why we were like, oh, does Sam Neill have like some sort of ulterior motive here? Yeah. Because that would have added a little something more to it. But it's literally just guys doing their job and there's a crazy thing at their job site. I mean, yeah. <laughs> essentially right. what this movie is. So I don't know, maybe something like that. Something just a little more deep. Like I, I'm not, I wasn't even really invested in like when, it, when Lawrence Fishburne sees the guy that he had to leave to die and is yeah. haunted by that guy. I was like, oh, all right, like oh, we're there now. Like uh, I had a work, like a work accident is haunting me. Yeah. Like nothing yeah. real, nothing really profound about it. Right. Even like the stuff with the kid, like he's got lesions on his legs and stuff. I'm like, I don't know. There's nothing like, oh, my ex is like abusive or right. something like that. Right. So I, there, you know, other than I don't want to have to leave my child, maybe something like I had to leave my child in a terrible situation. Right. I mean, X doesn't mean anything to me. I don't just go, oh, you have an X. They must be an awful person. That's where you could have had like a nice scene where I like it when movies do this, where you're in a moment and like, let's say she's looking at the kid's legs or something like yeah. that. And it would be nice to like cut to being on earth and then like something happening. I love when movies do this and they, they will hover in that memory or whatever long enough for you to almost forget it. And then it'll starkly snap back to the, to the, the time. Yeah. yeah. So it would have been nice, yeah. like a little bit more investment into what is haunting them. Right. Okay. Um, I think, I think the, does anybody really have a problem with any of the acting performances in this? No. I, I think they're fine. No, the I think they're all great. Fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's like creepy with some really disturbing imagery, but yeah, I don't know. Like I try and like put myself in that situation. Like if I was in space and I saw my kid running around on the ship, I don't know. I still feel there's a part of me that would be like, okay, I'm making that up. Like I know my child is not here. Yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah, I found myself thinking about that, too. Like, am I the guy that loses this shit or am I the guy that holds it together? Right. Like, I'd, of course, we all want to think that we're the ones that hold it together. <laughs> right. But, you know, if you've if you've been a little bit of a, you know, how do I put this like, a, you know, psychedelic warrior, like if you've if you've battled some of those demons yourself, sure. maybe you're a little bit better equipped to be like, no, it seems weird, but we're all fine. Right. It's just something weird is happening right yeah. now. Our perception is altered. Um, so it'd be nice to know that you were somebody like that. But um, but yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. It's I'm not saying that the movie feels like it gets too loose once the shit hits the fan, but usually in a movie like this, there is a, a point where people realize what's happening, which I would, I would say does happen, Yeah, but it doesn't feel like we get a firmer grip on things at that point. It, yeah. it, it feels like we're just touching where we should be gripping. I'm also, you know, a little unclear as, as I is one of my main things, a little unclear on the rules because they talk about how, you know, Lawrence Fishburne talks about, because his friend like rises from like the this pool, yeah, at the base of the gravity drive on fire. Pretty cool effect, um, and you know, and he's retelling it later where he's like, "I could feel the heat." So there's obviously some sort of physical presence there, but it seems like the things the ship manifests cannot hurt them. Right, he wants to kill them. Like, why can't if he could feel that heat? Can that not hurt him? Is the heat not really there? Yeah. 
maybe that's it. And maybe that's it. It's so good at affecting your mind. It will send the appropriate signals to your brain. But then you can still do that and be like, yeah, like, you know, it's that old. I know this doesn't really happen, but if you like die in a dream or die in the matrix or something yeah. like that, and your brain can't comprehend that you're not dead. So it kind of like dies itself. Why can't the ship do that? Well, Why has it got to trick you to falling down a hole? Well, right. And isn't that kind of funny to think about? Like, what a weak-ass power. Like, your <laughs> right. only power over me is m- the self-doubts that I create within myself. Right. So if I'm not really worried or tortured by anything, you got nothing. Right. You don't shoot lasers or have tentacle hands or anything like that. Like literally if I don't give you some material to work with, yeah. you got nothing. Yeah. Not to say that it's not effective because most people do have some shit that they're, that bothers them. But I mean, it's, it's kind of a sort of like a little bit of a limp dick power. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but effective, I guess, you know, right. for the most part. Die, so right. It works. <laughs> right. True. 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 Um, one thing that this movie does more than any other movie that I can think of is use the terminology fuck me. Um, <laughs> everybody in this movie, when they, but, but you know what's funny though is that it's funny how different uh, usages of profanity fit different situations. Like when something is horseshit versus bullshit like bullshit is like oh that's that is inherently wrong or a lie or fake horseshit has a level of anger with it too like <laughs> like i'm pissed about how wrong that is yeah. um fuck me is kind of more where it's just like i have no control over this situation <laughs> fuck you is like you're wrong fuck you but fuck me is like I don't even know what to do. <laughs> right. I am lo- I am at a loss. Fuck me. <laughs> it's it's got some nice usage here, and like three different characters use it. It's it's pretty oh, awesome. Wow, I did not pick up. Yeah, on that. I, I think Lawrence Fishburne does it first, and he does it best with the like, oh fuck me, <laughs> when he sees something crazy. So good. Um, no, it's uh, maybe also we needed more. Because I, there is a really cool scene with Sam Neill where he has to, like, relive and sit there and watch his wife. Oh, yes. No one else really has anything like that. If we could have more of that where it becomes more layers. Like, it's it's one thing to just see, like, oh, this guy keeps popping up. Uh, but then to, like, make it more detailed and make it more detailed. And, again, maybe that's shit lost on the cutting room floor. But – Jesus Christ, it's only an hour. This is your bare minimum, an hour and a half. Kind of put a little bit more in there. Kind of like um, it's not the same thing, but kind of like what made um, certain segments of the dead zone more effective when he's actually in the moment of when things happen. You're right. When Sam Neill is at the bathtub and he's like, oh, no, like, don't do (laughs) it again. I know what. I know where I am. I know it's about to happen. Right. Can I stop it? No. And it, and he seems so sad. Um, it's great. Sam Neill's an interesting guy. He's the he's unfortunately born with that whatever that makeup or projection is of self where you you kind of want to really like him and trust him, but there's something that you don't right. quite trust about yeah. him. But um he's perfect for this and he's great in it. Um 
Yeah, no, you hit the nail on the head. Something more of that. And what is that essentially? It's just us getting, it's more meat on the bone. Yeah. You know, it's us delving into that other than, like you said, a scene where a woman sees her her son and he's got some shit on his legs. Like, well, right. what, well what does that mean? Right. You know? Um, but no, you're but right. But even still, that scene, and there's something missing from Sam Neill because, yeah, he's, I mean, it's a really great uh, bit where, you know, he and Lawrence Fishburne are like, we got to get out of here. We got to get home. And he's like, I'm already home. And yeah. then like, he like slinks into the dark. But but still, he's like being tortured by these visions. So there's no point where I'm like, oh, he's like, where I see him as a normal person kind of accept it. Yeah. And be like, okay, I'm into this. And lets it happen to himself, you know? Well, and that's kind of the disappointing thing about life in general is that there are people that that are more comfortable living in that realm of conflict or negativity to where if you're a positive person, you're like, how can I fix this situation? How can I make this better? And you might be dealing with a person that's like, I'm totally fine here. (laughs) I am fine with this negativity because that's how I validate my existence. Um, No, but I and I but I don't think the movie it doesn't ever get sappy with it. I think it does just the right amount True. of saying that, yeah, you're you're going to be haunted by your regrets in life or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I uh, I like that aspect to it. And I think that it succeeds in that it's a space movie where even though there are, like I said, some of those dialogue cliches and that sort of thing, I, I think Event Horizon is its own movie. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, it's, it's... It seems to be making a... I just I hear about it a lot. That's why I wanted to cover it because I was like, I, I I feel like I run into it a lot on the internet and whatnot. Yeah, like well, oh, people loved Event Horizon in retrospect because you know who else said that? Gene C- Siskel, Kurt Russell. <laughs> oh, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell was talking with Paul Anderson. I don't remember what they were doing together, but it was it was right after the movie had come out and. They were whatever film they were working on together. They did a little screening of this and, you know, after it had come out and after it had gotten bad press, but it was just a little private screening that they did for the crew of whatever movie they were on. And um, he's like, you know what? I know that people aren't liking this now, but in 15 years, you're going to be happy that you made this movie. Yeah. So, you know, kudos to Kurt Russell for his Johnny be good. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the Future. <laughs> right. Oh, I Can't thought you meant I thought I thought you meant Anthony Michael Hall's Johnny Be Good. Uh yeah. Right. It, it yeah. Would, which would be a poor ex- talking about this movie. <laughs> right. People are not I saw going that to the theater don't remember one thing about it. Like if you told me that the that the technology in uh Eternal Sunshine on the Spotless Mind only existed <laughs> to extract Johnny Be Good from people's consciousness, I would believe you. Yeah. <laughs> I think that happened. What a weird con- – they were just like, hey, let's take a guy known to be a nerd. Make him the football star. Yeah. Everybody will Everyone go for went, that. What? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We all went – yeah. We, and then when we saw the movie, we I went, like, what? Jim Carrey bu- was a bodybuilder. He's going to play a bodybuilder. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. No, that that was uh, it was very confusing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was Anthony Michael Hall. End of his career. I think it was him. Like when they get too much power and they can kind of like steer their own ship, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's, he made the wrong choice there. Yeah. Um, no, Event Horizon is good, and, and we'll talk just for a second. Um, 
I, I don't watch enough movies that have a lot of computer uh, effects to to really care one way. It's not a big part of of the the majority of the movies that I watch. But in this movie, there is certainly plenty of of computer graphics. Oh yeah, and you know they are a little silly at times. But I think they were probably how do I put this? They were probably so good for the time that a lot of it's forgivable now. Right, yeah, I, we should, yeah, there's a lot of, like, uh, liquid CGI in this. Yeah, which we all love. Which looks dumb, but, man, at the time, we were like, I, we did it! Yeah. It was like landing on the moon, like, we can, we can make fake water. Right. <laughs> yeah, like, you can make a, like, like a sliding reflection right. on an undulating shape, oh, like, was, yeah. that's amazing. One, yeah. One of, so, yeah. Humanity's greatest milestones so here's here's the i, I i'm gonna where are we at for time um yeah we're getting there okay so here's the thing uh, nine times out of ten when we're talking about movies on this show um we're either putting down a remake that has been made or saying that this movie is like sacred ground that it could never be remade there's some really nice performances in this movie yeah i have no problem with this movie being remade uh no, it'd be it'd be probably pretty cool. Yeah, and, and it's not to say that there wouldn't be some qualities from the original that I I you know wouldn't still appreciate or think were really neat for the time. But I think this one is ripe for a real thoughtful remake. Do it right this time. Really invest in it, um, and I think you could have a hell of a movie. And I don't I don't think people look at this like it is some sort of sacred ground that couldn't be touched. No, no. It's one of those like, oh, people have kind of forgotten about how awesome right. this movie is. Yeah. I'd be down for a remake, but leave that, use the exact same captain's log. You can't recreate that. And I don't think yes. it would have the same effect ever. Again. Oh, yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I, I would not want to reinvent the wheel here. I would just want to put a few more spokes in it. That'd be kind of fun. Like <laughs> It's a whole new movie and they are watching the old literal <laughs> right yes <laughs> one from the old movie yeah the nerds would love it or hate it who knows yeah but i think that there's room for it and and if you're going to redo it then just just totally redo it don't make well if you were to make a sequel to this would you call it events horizon or event horizons well, it'd be event horizon but the z is an s with a dollar sign like, but and with an umlaut over it like a metal band yeah <laughs> There you go. Um, no. Okay. Yeah. So somebody remake this. Yeah. I mean, does Paul Anderson even do anything anymore? That's a great. He, sure he's doing his uh, name. Resident Evil movies. His name comes across. I, I just, I think I, who do I? Okay. So there's Wes Anderson. Yeah. There's PT Anderson. Yeah. That Paul Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Paul Thomas, Paul WS and Wes Anderson. Hard to keep up with it all. It is. Yeah. They're all very distinct. I would say auteurs, but I don't know if I want to put Paul W. Sanderson in there. But he makes uh, movies that are, I don't know, I guess somewhat culturally significant. Or has, relevant, just not to the prestige level that the other two Andersons do. Has a movie ever been remade by the same director? Not sequel. Right. I don't know if that's ever happened. I don't know. That would be kind of cool. That would be. I Take mean, another crack small... at it. I can't think I can't think of one that is that's ever happened. Yeah. 
Hmm. That's a good trivia question. Has that happened? Yeah, that is a good trivia. It would have been better if I had known the answer to it. <laughs> yeah, he just keeps doing Resident Evil movies. Yeah. Oh, because he's married to Mila Jovovich. That's right. Oh, yeah. So he's busy. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Are they still? Uh, they came a couple again in 2007. Oh, she's the one. Have you ever seen her daughter before? Uh, Yeah. It looks exactly like yeah, her. Yeah, they look exactly like yeah. her. Uh okay yeah they're still I guess they're still well together. Paul W S they just had their third daughter so oh wow um yeah I uh I would like to see uh not even a reimagining somebody just remake Event Horizon flesh it out a little bit and um I would like it I will say this though real quick I I was really thrilled Man, when make some bad movies all right when I when I did rewatch it though um and I'll stand by the the creepy level or whatever that that's that's still there but to be honest i wasn't nearly as as freaked out as i as I, literally when yeah, we were well, watching watched it at seven in the morning well that's true that's you true didn't have to be scared. yeah good point good point <laughs> but um but yeah i uh i i'm glad that i watched it that way um you know what i that it's a genre that i i really steer clear of not on purpose but i just don't go out of my way to see it are there are there a lot more other space horror movies out there? I mean, there's uh, Alien, of course, yeah, and then Leprechaun in space. Oh boy! Oh yeah, Jason and yeah, Jason X. Jason, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, space itself is an inherently scary environment. Sure, so you can really do anything. I'm going to ask you one one the problem is in space. No one can hear you scream. Right. Because well, there's no oxygen. Well, and that's yeah, that's my problem. I don't give a shit if they can hear me or not. I want to be able to run outside, but that's <laughs> right. a problem. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, so let me ask you this question real quick. We don't have to dwell on it for a long time. Do you think, and this is a yes or no question. Do you think that humans will ever set up at very least, oh no, a permanent residency on any heavenly body other than planet earth? Sure. Yeah. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. Which at least, one? like, it'll be permanent to them at the time. I can't be like, yes, and it will survive. Yeah, and then, the, then they're immortal. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> right. All we had to do was go to Mars? Yeah, oh, my God, I can live forever? Yeah. Nightmare, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> you, you think that, though, that we can live on a moon or a planet or something, that we'll figure uh, that out? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, why not? The problem is, you know, can we take care of ourselves long enough here in order to get there? I'm having That's a good time. A real issue. Well, yeah, but you're not working toward fucking intergalactic travel. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to leave that up to somebody Something, else. Yeah. You're like, you don't think past like what's going to happen by the end of the day. People are like, how can humanity survive <laughs> on this planet? We must move. Like that is, we don't talk about it enough, but that should be, and it is kind of in the back of our minds. Humanity's number one goal is to get off this planet because we Eventually, it will die. The planet will not be here forever, and we, if we can survive long enough, need to find other places to live. Maybe I just go to one of those meetings and just fucking kick the door in, and I'm like, guys, the fucking magnetic fields and the axis is right. Bend that, God, and just like turn around and walk the fuck yeah. out. And they're like, he's right. Have you even thought of Hollow Earth? <laughs> right. <laughs> There's got to be an answer yeah. in there. One thing at a time, guys. 
Get your asses down. There's dinosaurs in the middle of the fucking planet. What are we doing? What are we doing? There's uh, water and sunshine. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, like uh, Yahoo Sirius is down there. What a callback. <laughs> yeah, right. Bridge episode. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, I, well, that's interesting. That's interesting that you that you feel pretty I mean, confident. You know, it will take a long time. Yeah, uh, it will definitely take a long time to any where we're like comfortably living there. Like, if we colonize Mars, which I do think will happen. I mean, we're not talking. You know, it's not your conventional. The you know pilgrims came over and you know built some huts yeah. on the shore of Massachusetts. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, you know, it's it's going to be so strictly regimented, like you can't fuck around at all. Yeah, at all, because you're in space. You're on a planet that has no atmosphere. So even just like opening doors is going to be like, you sure? We're up. We've got a lot of like there are a lot of steps in order to do this. Maybe like above every doorway to every building, it just says fuck around and find out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like that's this is Mars. That would be a great model. Yeah, yeah. I uh, no, that's cool. I, I, you know, I mean, I think we. Uh, he, here's the crazy thing: humans have the potential to do anything, anything that we can really think of. Think of the things we've done in one human lifespan. You know, yeah, gone from episode know, one to episode whatever this is, twenty two. Yeah, think. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's felt like a lifetime. <laughs> no, right. really. no, it's felt like. <laughs> Um, oh, can we just say real quick though, and I don't mean to. And we we could save this for the end too, but uh, I do want to continue to press our uh, live appearance. Well, I don't I don't want to forget about that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, right. <laughs> 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 yeah. No, we're uh, we're looking forward to that. Um, but no, Event Horizon. I have uh, th- this is this is part of the fun part about doing a movie like this. I have absolutely no problem recommending this movie. I'm not going to like force you to see it. Like it's one of my favorite films of all time. But if somebody's like, Hey, I've never seen event horizon. Should I check it out? Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice to not be torn. Like, yes, go see event horizon. Yeah. Watch it, rent it for whatever. Two 99. It's, it's, it's a good hour and it's only an hour hour and 35 minutes. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's tight. I recommend it. Yeah. It's a good time kind of gross in some spots yeah it is a little bit okay so just it doesn't drag a little it is weird it's so short yeah that no i'm i'm with you though i think that that's um i think it it where it probably where it probably feels loose is not because of runtime it probably feels loose because so many things are extracted that the connections from scene to scene might feel sort of incomplete so yeah, it might okay. feel a little ambling okay. like it at one point yeah, maybe that's what it is because it's not being tied together but th- th- i would have rather sat through two and a half hours or yeah. whatever two hours you know that would have been fine um so yeah is it perfect no could it be remade yes should you see it yeah yeah. Also, work towards colonizing other planets. Kids, if you're listening, get involved in, in your STEM programs. There's a great video on a guy talking about, I mean, he looks like crazy, wispy-haired scientist, and he's, you know, he's like a professor, and he's like giving a speech at some lecture or something. But he talks about just like colonizing Mars, and just the idea of working toward that, how 
much that would advance us as a society. Like if we as a group of people were like, that's our goal is to colonize Mars. Yeah. Like just the amount of like, you know, excitement and education that would be put in kids. You would have so many kids involved in like engineering and what, whatever. Sure. Like it'd be huge. It would answer so many like crazy weird questions. Does well, life exist on other planets? If it does, why? How did it get here? If not, are we the only thing? Yeah. Crazy. Well, and I'm sure that if you were to really put that much effort into it, you might stumble across a few things that would benefit our own planet along the way. I mean, you're probably going to find. <laughs> sure. Yeah, you're not. Well, and that's the other. Yeah, and that's another thing. If if we do go to a planet, people, you know, the way people talk here and it's like, eh, whatever with the environment, blah, blah, quit crying, hippies. But if you went to another planet, I don't care who the fuck you are, whoever's running that place is not going to let you pollute. Like no, there, there will be so many. It'll be strict. It'll be strict. Right. It will take a long time before we get to, ah, eh, we can fuck this place up too. Especially because you're going to be living in domes. It will take until we get to actually like having the ability to terraforming a planet to where we go, here's an inhabitable space. We shoot a bunch of probes into it. It creates an atmosphere and like makes it livable. Yeah. Which will take a long time. It's not like a two-day process. Theoretically, I don't even know who knows. Um, you know, maybe then we're like, yeah, fuck that place up. Also, you better really like Arizona. If you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna yeah. colonize Mars, just go out there and get used to it. Yeah. It's gonna look a lot like that. Great thing about Mars, and because the, the thing that's scariest is I think people are like, Whoa, like they have big dust storms and stuff. And uh did you see the movie The Martian with the Yeah, I did. Okay. So the beginning of that movie, now people have lauded it as like pretty scientifically accurate. Okay. Like a lot of that stuff is plausible. However, the very first event in that movie where there's this huge dust storm and, every, you know, they have to leave and everything gets swept up. Apparently because the gravity is so low, like that's impossible. Like it would feel like the slightest breeze. Like dust storms <laughs> feel like nothing. Well, that sounds kind of nice. Yeah, because there's no – there's such little gravity to it. There's no force for that to happen. Kind of like if there was a dust storm, like some old people are sitting on their patio, like we needed this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <we> really- yeah. <laughs> it's like a guy from the Midwest on his, just standing on his porch watching it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> turns back around. I got the hand on the hip, turns back around yeah. to the house. Like, come on out here. Yeah, it's really blowing. Yeah. Really blowing out here. <laughs> Um, no, that'd be cool. I, uh, I don't think I'd go. I don't think I would. I'd just ride this bitch out. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, you would hate it. Yeah. I, I would hate it. Yeah. My, I, literally my There's parents, a list of rules you have to do every day. Yeah. My parents try to get me to move to Arizona all the time. And you know, it's just, I love to go there and visit, but yeah, it, it's just not for me. Um, permanently. No, I, uh, yeah, I think that, Hey, it'd be nice to have a fallback, right? Sure. I mean, even if it's just like your little, you know, cabin in the woods, but it's a different planet, like just an option. <laughs> right. It's nice to have options. Or start following Mormonism. You get your own planet. Oh, is that how that works? Yeah. The men do. The men get their own. Planet. Oh, OK. Right. When you die. When you die, you get your own planet. Are Is there anybody else there? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I would assume No. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the what the rules are there. Only one way to find out. I'm sure someone's asked and they were told to be quiet. 
Right, yeah. You're getting your own planet, yeah, okay? Why, you gotta, why, why yeah. you gotta make it a thing? When is enough enough yeah. for you? Wow, sorry. Yeah. Sorry you don't like yeah. your own planet. <laughs> you need someone to talk to. Yeah, right, right. I'm sure if your wife has been good, she'd be allowed yeah, to yeah. join but that's you a, there. But that's a fair argument. Like, look, I am used to having six wives, and you're sending me someplace by <laughs> right. myself. Oh, yeah, I'm not alone? Yeah. Right. Who am I supposed to manipulate? Right. <laughs> yeah. Mormonism. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dennis Rodman said Mormons are assholes. Uh, I, I've heard it. I've heard it from other people. Really? I, I've, I've known. I know some Mormons and they're not assholes. No. Yeah. That seems but to be their thing is be I've, as nice as you can. Right. But I've known people that have lived there in Salt Lake City and they said that the Mormons are really kind of like a little judgy. They're a little <laughs> <laughs> like a little they're a little uppity. Wow. Yeah. Shock. Yeah. <laughs> It's like you're in Salt Lake City, okay? Like I don't know what you've got to to talk right. about there. Have you ever been to Utah before? Uh, no, I drove through Utah. I've heard it's pretty. It was in the middle of the night. I didn't even see any of it. Wow. Yeah, there is one stretch of road right as you get out of Salt Lake City, heading west. That is the straightest stretch of road I've ever seen in my life. With like not not a lot going on. Uh, just well, again, it was dark. I don't know. <laughs> Just a straight, but it's literally fl- like, like it looks weird on a map where you're just like, oh, is this a mistake? Yeah, or they didn't put the actual like. Oh, that it's just that curve. straight. It is that straight for like 15 miles. You know, one time I uh, or at least it was in like 1998, which is when I drove that. Maybe that road's gone now. One time like I the, the Salt Lake. I drove a. Uh, it was a brand new. Um, what was that? A Jetta Turbo to uh, Siren, Wisconsin, which is a northern Wisconsin. It's up in the Northwoods. And I li- it was in the middle of the night. And I literally, this is not a joke. I literally had the cruise control set at 110. Yes. And it was like nothing. It was like going 50. <laughs> right. Nothing on the road. So long as a bear doesn't run out or whatever, but literally no cops, no people, no lights. Unfortunately, it was very, very dark, but it's like, what am I not going to go 110? It's like fucking eight hours. Like I'm just trying to get there. Um, yeah, that was exciting. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I'd, I'd like to get out there. Uh, I've heard great things about Utah. Um, shit. There's a whole lot of this country that I haven't seen. Forget Mars. I gotta, I gotta get to like, I don't know the Pacific Northwest first. We'll start there. You should. You'll never Somebody should colonize Mars. the Pacific Northwest. The opposite of Mars. <laughs> right. Except that it now has like once a year it's on fire. But oh, that's okay. It. But it's like yeah. it's one, one time. California's like. Yeah. Like, like, oh, 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 once guys. a year. Oh, my God. How do you survive? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, like with our abundant water supply. Right. Yeah. Also, could you turn off your air conditioner? <laughs> How are they going to like, – here's and we're not going to get into this, but I'm just going to say, how in the world are we going to power like an entire city's worth of electric cars if people are having to turn off their air conditioner to conserve electricity? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm a little we'll concerned to, about that. We're, you know, that's why we need renewable energy and like yeah. solar. Uh, yeah. Again, also on Mars, uh, we're not like hauling oil up there, all right? It's going to be all <laughs> solar energy, right? You know what, though? It would just take a couple cans. People are so addicted to it. It's like, look what I got. Look what I brought Wouldn't with me. Allowed. Yeah. It would not be allowed. No way. No way. Mars doesn't sound like any fun. <laughs> I don't know. You're on Mars. Yeah, that's, yeah. You make yeah. your own fun. 
Nice place to visit. Yeah. Wouldn't want to live there. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, they'll allow booze. You you do allow it? Well, why not? Yeah, you're on Mars. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe do? that's the part that I'm missing. That's like, there might be some rules as far as like survival. Right. But yeah. outside of that, like, what about just no rules beyond that? Like, <laughs> just do what you have to live and not kill everyone. And then the rest is whatever the fuck you want to do. Exactly. Yeah. That's a utopia right there. We're all Mormon men up here. Way? Yeah. Okay. All Don't right. do something that would kill someone else and have fun. Right. Simple as that. We fixed it. All right. I'll try it. I'll try it. <laughs> All right. That's our event horizon <laughs> yeah. from 1997. Fun, fun, fun. Join us next week. Uh, we're going back to the 80s. Which board? The Ouija board. That's which board. <laughs> no, the movie's called Which Board. Uh, good Lord. Get ready for some cynicism. From me. Oh, that's right. 1986. Just because it says Parker Brothers down in the corner. Yeah, Yeah. no, but it's real. It has a connection to the uh, afterlife. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. (laughs) That is the crazy. Like, no one. Thank you for saying that you ruined my whole thing for next week. Oh, yeah. Well, no, but I mean, I've got got some stuff that you're going to be able to pray on. Parker Brothers didn't always. They repurposed the actual demonic Ouija boards that did used to work. I literally know somebody who had a painting in their home, and while she and her friends were playing with the Ouija board, the Ouija board told them that the painting was haunted, and she took it off the wall, walked it out, and threw it in the dumpster. Wow. Yeah. That's dumb. (laughs) But kids. Yeah. 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 It's part right? of the fun of it. Kids, yeah. Kids? Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Adults. Uh, young, young adults. Young adults. Uh-huh. Young adults. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Cool. <laughs> maybe, right. a little, maybe a little high. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, they, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, so, yeah. Next week, Witchboard from 1986. Uh, please shoot us a rating and review wherever you get your podcast. Check out our website, slumberpodcastmassacre.com. Shoot us an email, slumberpodcast.gmail.com. Uh, check out all our other shit. Uh, also, don't forget about our live show, October 22nd. It's a big event with the Chicago Street Theater. It's their closing night of their production of Misery. So for $50, you get, uh, we'll be doing a live podcast where we cover the movie Misery. Uh, there will be a free hors d'oeuvres, cash bar, and then you get a ticket to see closing night of Misery at the Chicago Street Theater. If you use promo code SLUMBER at checkout, you can save 10%. Off of your ticket price. Um, should be a good time. You can come maybe meet Zach, who uh, noticed or recognized us in public. Yeah. He said he might come to that. So you could meet us by proxy. <laughs> right. Yeah. You meet Zach. Yeah. yeah. Maybe like Steve will be there. Like you'll meet like celebrities of the show. There's like, no way anyone's coming. Oh, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Away. That'd be crazy. I'm pulling for you, Canada. God damn it. <laughs> you can do this. Uh yeah, so that's uh, the and the uh, link will be in the notes for this episode. Click on it, yeah. or you can just go directly to the chicagostreet.org website, click on misery, and get your tickets that way. Either way is fine by me. I don't care. Just don't forget to use that promo code slumber. I don't know if it's case sensitive. I hope not. Yeah, the one they sent me was all lowercase, so. If that's an important thing, it's like, I don't recognize this promo. Code. Yeah, it's like cool and unassuming. It's all lowercase. Yeah, it's just like, hey, it's slumber. Yeah. Um, 
All right, Tim, do you got anything else to say about Event Horizon? Just to congratulate myself that we went the whole episode without me mentioning that Lawrence Fishburne's daughter was a pornographic actress. Right. I didn't mention it out of out of respect to to Larry. Um, I just wonder how many people, as soon as this episode ends, are going to immediately Google Lawrence Fishburne's daughter. Because I forgot. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. We all are. Uh, did she do a lot? And she did a couple few. Really? Yeah, yeah. She did a few. Casting couch. Uh, maybe, maybe that's how, that's a lot of people get their start that way. Yeah. 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 She's like, I'm Lawrence Fishburne's daughter. I am not doing stepsister. Or anal. Don't need to do it. Yeah. yeah. Right. So. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to go hit Google. Yeah, too. we're all Bye. busy. Bye. Bye.